Big Yasha Koyach to Shia Ruman over there. Hailing the sponsors. Yeah, what's that boy that's a sponsor? And it's Lila Nishmas from Shia Benamoshan, not to forget. And the big Shkoyach to Jesse Sloan. The Hailing Gagari Fuchs. And Danny Shek Shkoyach for the Avoid. Yeah. Danny here? Okay. So, first of all, again, as well, big Shkoyach to the sponsors, big Shkoyach to Rajoy for coming and helping us and just bring us into battle. Shem should bless you and all the sponsors and the whole Kehillah, the whole Chevra with an unbelievably holy and full of bracha touch and pay base. You know, I'll tell you the truth, you know, what, what we're doing right now is really just to gather the troops before we go into battle, you know, because that's mamish what we're about to do, to go into battle. And you know, the truth is you're only, you're only as good in the battle as the brother next to you, you know. You're only as protected as the level of confidence that you have with the soldier next to you. So first of all, I'm very confident now. Very confident. <laughs> Extremely confident. <laughs> What's going on in the world right now, there's a, there's a ruach, there's a ruach of fear in the armies of Esav, right? There's a certain fear in the armies of Esav, you know, and it's... Because that comes, then Neufel. If the armies of Esav have weak knees, that means the armies of the Jewish people, which were in the front lines of those armies, we should have strong knees, have confidence, have strength, and that's what we're here for right now. We're just trying to be mechazik ourselves. Altir valtecha is not to be afraid, not to be worried, not to be overcome by dread. So questions like this: What type of yid? What type of yid is worthy of being in the army of Hashem, entering into that battleground that's called the Yom Neroi? Because we know that when it comes to the battle, the, the, the armies of the Jewish people, when we face physical, physical enemies, so you know, according to Chazal, the only types of soldiers that were worthy of entering into those battlegrounds were soldiers that had nothing to worry about in terms of their Averis. Mamish, clean of everything. So you would think if that's, if that's the type of level Yid that you need to be on in order to engage in physical enemies, what type of tzaddik do you have to be to be willing to engage in the enemies above? The sudden himself, the sitra that's standing against us during the Yom Neroi? Yes, we have some weapons, we have some shoifer and davening and so on, but what type of soldier do you have to be? So this, this is very scary for us. So what type of yid do we have to be in order to be willing to stand in that battleground and lock arms with each other and not be worried, not be afraid? So, you know, it's like this. You know, when it comes to slichas, it's an interesting phenomenon. I've mentioned this in years past that at the end of slichas, we officially do tshuva, right? So you say, Hashem, the Bagan, that's vidu, that's tshuva. So, you would think that the order of slichas should be first you do tshuva, right? First you do tshuva. First you say, we regret all the things that we've done wrong. We're on ourselves not to do them in the future. Hashem, the Bagan. And then now that you've done tshuva, now that you're somewhat clean, there's all levels of tshuva, at least to some degree you did tshuva, so then you could evoke midas arachimim. Then you could say yugim midas arachimim. Hashem, Hashem, kel rachim v'chanam. 
The question is, that's not the order of Slichas. The order of Slichas is a right away. Rabbi Shalom, we're mamish full of Averis, mamish full of Averis, full of stains, Kedal Mokrashim, Hashem Hashem Korachim Lechan, and at the very end we'll do Tshuva. So why is it? I want to do Tshuva right away. Another question, you know, Rosh Hashanah is, when we describe Rosh Hashanah as Yom Haras Oilam, the day of the creation of the world, the beginning of the world, it's really not so true, right? Because we know that Aleph Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah, was not the first day of creation. It's not when the Rebbe created the world. It was the sixth day of creation. It's when Hashem created the human being, Adam and Chav. So it must be that there's something unique to the creation, to that is that, that being that's called a human being, that's called a Yid, that somehow that is the type of Bria, that's the, that's the type of creation that's Rosh Hashanah day. But everything that preceded Adam from day one all the way till day six, it's very nice. The Rabbanishim was in charge of that too, but it's not Rosh Hashanah. In order to proclaim Hashem as Hamelech the king, you have to be a human being. You can't be an animal. Animals cannot proclaim Hashem as king. Why not? Why, isn't, why is Hashem not a Melech over animals? Why is he only a melech over the human being? <coughs> so you know, it's well known, I've mentioned this uh, also this morning, that it's well known that there's a, a teaching that's attributed to the Vilna Gaon, Radichever also, that there's a difference between, the, what's the definition of the word melech? What's a melech? Versus, let's say, a moishel. Right? So it's well known. That a moishel means, a moishel is someone that's in control, but he's not in control based on the will of the people he's in control of. He's like a dictator or a tyrant. He's in control because that's the position he happens to be in, regardless of whether or not the people that he's in charge of are happy or not. It's irrelevant. What's a melech? A melech is someone who is in charge, berotzain, with the will of the people. So evidently, when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, our is to be mamlech Hashem berotzain. Imam Hashem, according to our own will, willingly say that we want to be part of Hashem's world. Now let's talk about that for a minute. Imam a couple of minutes. What does it take? What ingredients does a person have to have within themselves in order to make that decision? Not just acknowledging a reality, make a decision of I want to be a Yid. Because that's what Rosh Hashanah is. That's what Rosh Hashanah is. And that's what's unique to the human being, why Rosh Hashanah is, vav t- vav, is the sixth day of creation and not the first day. Because only the human being has that ability of making a decision, of using one's free will and deciding, I want to be a Yid. Not that automatically I am, I'm automatically one of Hashem's creatures, to make that decision. So what does it take? What's the basic ingredient that one needs in order to make such a choice? So you know, in English there's like four-letter words, right? You're not supposed to say so in Hebrew, there's also a four-letter word. It's not a problem saying it, but it's a problem having it and living it. It's the worst word, and that is yeshus. 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 Yeshus, gaivu. What does it mean, yeshus? Yeshus literally means somethingness. Somethingness. Yeshus, somethingness. What's the root of all of our problems? All the failures of Tav Pei Aleph, and Tavshin Pei, and Tavshin Aintas. The failures of every single Jew that ever was, any level of failure, stems from one single thing, which is Yeshus. That you see yourself as something. The Rabbani Shalom is something, Maskin, but I'm also something. 
and because you're a something. So I have my own desires, my own needs, my own, my own wants. So sometimes my desires are in line with Rabbanu Shalom's desires. Okay, great. And sometimes they're not. Yeshes. Yeshes and Gaiv. But it's ironic that that same quality of Yeshes, that same Nakuda, that's the beginning of all of our problems, is also the only, the most singular important ingredient that you have to have in order to make a choice to be a Yid. Because you know what it means to make a choice? A choice means that there's option A and there's option B. And I choose option A. See, you know, you know what makes the human being the greatest creature of all, and the highest creature of all, and the lowest creature of all? It's the same thing. Yeshas. Animals don't have yeshas. There's no such thing as an animal, it's a balgaiva. Animals don't have, bal- don't have gaiva like that. They are what they are. When the Rabbanu created the world from day one through day six, until, until day six, he created a reality of very humble creatures. Very humble. Even though animals are, you know, there could be strength and aggression and all that. You know, when, when two animals like, you know, lock horns or something, they fight with each other, they don't, they, they don't hold grudges. It's not like, I can't believe you looked at me like, I can't believe, you know, you took that zebra. I had my eyes on that zebra. It's not, there's no, uh, it's not a guy issue. Whatever. That says zebra's my zebra. We'll figure it out. There's, there's no yeshas by animals. And Dafka, because there's no yeshas by animals, so because of that, they don't do Averis. They're not Averis. They do their Tafa. They do their Mitzis. That's their Inyan. It's not an Avera for a lion to kill a zebra. That's what it's supposed to do. So they're, they're clean. They're perfect. They don't do Averis. But because of that, they, they can't make a choice to be an Ever Hashem either. They can't be Mamlech Hashem. There's no such thing as establishing Hashem as king by choice. But Davka, the human being, our greatest weakness, our yeshus, our gaiva, our sense of the entire universe revolves around me. And there's God, Maskim, there's God, but there's also me. That's our greatest weakness. It brings us to all the lowest places, to Kfira, to avoid the Zara, to Mamish, all the lowest things. But that's also our singularly greatest strength. Because that's exactly what it takes to be Mamluch Hashem. What does the Rabbanu Shalom want in Rosh Hashanah? The Rabbanu Shalom wants Yidin to come to him with Yeshus. The Rabbanu Shalom Davka wants Yidin to be dripping with... This is the, to hear this properly. The Rabbanu Shalom wants us to come by Slichus night still smelling of our Averis. You understand? Because what the Rabbanu Shalom wants is he doesn't want Yidin. He wants Malchus. He wants us to make that choice that Hashem is the Melech. In order to make that choice, you had to have experienced the alternative. If you've never experienced the alternative to God, if you've never experienced the alternative to be an Ever Hashem, then what shaykhs do you have on Rosh Hashanah? Who, what types of Yidin should be by Rosh Hashanah? What types of Yidin should be banging on the doors, Kedal Mukarash? Davka Yidin who've, who've experienced the alternative to those, to, that, to those doors. Those are the Yidin that are supposed to be banging on the doors. You know what types of Yidin should be the soldiers? The soldiers of the Rabbanu Shalom then march our way through Yom Neroyim and eventually are able to hold into the Nesrik and say, are only Yidin that have experienced what it means to rebel against the king. If you've ever rebelled against the king, now you can make a choice to serve the king. And that's exactly what Rosh Hashanah is. Not only, let's understand in a deeper level, not only is it, is it, is it necessary to have a part of you that that sees an alternative, Kiviyachal. Not only does there have to be a part of you that sees an alternative to, to the Rabbanu Shalom Kiviyachal in order to be Mamlech Hashem, 
But that part of you which is yesh, that part of you which feels something, and you have a sense of self, that's the part of you that's ultimately, that's ultimately custom-made to experience the greatest level of dveikas. You know why? Because the Rabbani Shalom is really something. And if you're a nothing, if you absolutely are nothing, and you don't have any yeshus inside of you, then you're not a klikivu. You can't ultimately receive and experience within you the yesh hamiti, the truest something of the Rabbani Shalom, the truest something of God, the essence of who God is, can only be experienced by a creature that understands that, that senses something, yes. Robots, a malach, just, they don't have the kalim, they don't have the, the, the vessels, they don't have the, the, the equipment, the, the meichen, to experience the something of all somethings. Only a yid that saw himself as the, as the end all be all. There was a, if you're a yid that at some point in the past year said about yourself, Einoid Mulvadi, so then you can proclaim on Rosh Hashanah, Einoid Mulvadi. But if you never said about yourself, if you've never felt, not maybe said it, that would be a little bit crazy, but to feel it, if you've never felt ein oid mulvadi, then you don't have a shaykhist, that mitzvah of yichud. The malachim don't say shema Yisrael Hashem Lekin Hashem Echad. Why? Because they don't have a, there's no musik by them as, 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 as yichud. They don't have the kalim to process a mitzvah, a something that is, that is the entirety of all reality. The human being can have that. We have that on our worst days. And that becomes our ability to receive, to, to experience God on our best days. This is why it's an amazing thing. You know, we know that El is a month that's hinted to all over the place, right? But in the Ksavim, in the Svarmak Doshim, we find that there's one particular story in Chumash that, that the, the month of El is, 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 is Mamash echoing throughout the Pesukim in a very strong way. Men, time after time after time again, in this particular story, El is hinted to. And that's the story of the shidduch between Yitzchak and Rivka. Avram Avinu, for example, says to Eliezer, V'lakachti ish levni liyitzchak. It's Rosh HaTavis El. Keseder, Keseder. Throughout the parish, without bogging you down with the Rosh HaTavis, El is hinted to Keseder. You know why? Because you know what the theme of that shidduch was? Choice. That was the theme of that shidduch. Avram Avinu says to Eliezer, go to my family's uh, origins, go to, their, go to Orkazim and so on, and find the shidduch for my, for my son. And what does Eliezer say? Maybe she won't want to go. Avram Avinu doesn't say, well, you know, clobber over the head and put her in a sack and bring her. What does it mean? She doesn't want to go. No. no, Avram Avinu says, okay, listen, if she says no, she says no. And then we'll work something out. But as a show, she should say yes. And then Eliezer goes, right? And the whole simon, the whole way to figure out who, which is the shidduch, what does he do? He says, you know, do me a favor, please, if you, could, uh, if you could give me something to drink. And she, Rivka, eventually turns out to be Rivka, says on her own, she makes a choice on her own. Not only am I going to give you to drink, I'll give your camels to drink. And then later on, when Eliezer meets up with uh, the mishpacha of Rivka, and he says, no, it's not, it's a mazel de let's go, you know, let's, let me bring her back and finish. And they say, listen, let's wait till tomorrow, let's see. So what happens? So they have second thoughts, you know, they're having cold feet. So what, is it, what do they say? Let's ask, ask her. Let's ask her. And what does she say? Three words, which is the sum total of all Yom Narayim. Eilech. I choose to go. You know why Rivki Menu was able to make the choice to go to Avram Avinu's world? Because she spent her entire life until that point in the opposite of Avram Avinu's world. If she only grew up in the world of Avram Avinu, then there's no choice to go to Avram There's no Eilech. 
What eilech? There's no eilech. I will go. There's no other option. For Rivka to say eilech means that there's an option of not going and I'm choosing to go. That's the secret of Elul. That's Yom Neroyim. You know why you don't do tshuva before slichas? The reason why you don't do tshuva before slichas, before you remember you give us rachman, is because we, Kivyochel, we still want to hold on to our verse a little bit. Because it's only because of that experience of that yeshus and gaiva that led us to all those low places, that's the only way how we're able to stand by Rosh Hashanah and to say to Rabbi Shalom, we choose you. This is what's so powerful about the Yud Gimel by the way. The Chazal says such an amazing thing. All just, you're in a difficult situation, just say these magic words, Hashem, Hashem, Kel, everything will be okay. Bris Krusa, there's a covenant that was made with the Yud Gimel You know what the Yud Gimel are? They're explaining who God is. It's very rare. Very often we talk about what God does, but who God is, the yesh of God, the somethingness of God. Hashem, Hashem, who is this God? He's Kel, Rachel, Lachan, not that he does compassion. He is compassionate. That's as close a description to the essence of God as you could possibly get. By evoking the yeshus of God, who is a type of person that's able to say, this is who God is? Only a person that at some point pointed to himself and says, this is who I am. If you still have that smell of yeshus and gaiva, you could be more Yudim Zerachim. But once you go through that, this is why we find an amazing thing in the Kisviari, we find, in the Zara Kaddish, that the Yud Gimel and the 13 attributes of mercy, you know, the human being is created with Selma Lakim, right? An image of God, which means that there's a part of the human body, Pasha, the part of the human body that's reflective of this reality that's called the Yud Gimel What part of the body? So the beard, Yud Gimel Tikuni Dikna, the 13 passageways of the beard. This is why by, by Yidin, by human beings, there's such a thing that when you're learning something and it's difficult and so on, it's natural to just stroke your beard. Because whether you realize it or not, what you're doing at that moment is davening. You're trying to evoke the Yidin Yusrachman to help you out in your learning, and your davening, your avoidance. What's amazing about the beard is that the hair of the beard is much more coarse than the hair of the head, right? Anyone that has a beard knows that, right? That's why, you know, there's zinyanim, there's uh, products, right, that people use for their beard, right? Because otherwise it becomes very coarse. Right? It's such a thing. But let's say the oimik of this means the shefa, the oiros of the beard, the oiros of the yudgim Rachimim. What's the vessel that contains it? Coarseness. Coarseness. The coarseness of the beard here is your own yeshus. It's the best kibble that you have is in order to receive that. In order to receive the shefa of the mitzis, the yeshus of the Rabbanu Shalom, is only if you're a dover yesh, if you experience that yeshus. This is why throughout all of Rosh Hashanah we keep on evoking time after time after time, what? Akedas Yitzchak. You know, it's an amazing thing, Akedas Yitzchak. Who, the, 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 there was two people involved in that Nisayin, right? Avram and Yitzchak. But Avram Avinu's Nisayin was not really a question of choice. God told Avram Avinu to sacrifice his son. Once God tells you something, Bechira is not really existing so much anymore. There's no choice anymore. What was Avram Avinu's Nisayin? Okay, his Nisayin was. How could he handle it? Could he emotionally be happy at the time? This is young. But the actual Metzius of sacrificing his son, that wasn't really the test. It wasn't possible not to. The Rebbe told him. But you know who really had a Nisayin of choice? You know who really had the option of saying no? It was Yitzchak. 
Because Yitzchak didn't hear the tzivah from God. There was no devar Hashem. There was no higher reality just breaking through into this world in Yitzchak Avinu's mind, compelling him to sacrifice himself. It was an absolute choice that he made. And that is Akedah Yitzchak. We evoke with the sound of the shofar, the nisoyin of Yitzchak Avinu, the Bechira, the shidduch between the Bechir, the Yitzchak, who his nisoyin was a choice that he had to make. And right after Akedah Yitzchak, we know, Chazal say, that that's when they had the Basura Taiva, that's when they heard the good news, that Rivka was born. The one that was going to make a choice to marry Yitzchak. This is why Davki Yitzchak Avinu is so in love with who? With Esav. Because you know Yitzchak Avinu sees in Esav. Yeshus and Gaiva. He sees Yeshus. And you know Yitzchak Avinu sees in Yeshus? Oh, Mom, you're such a dover yesh. You're so egocentric. You've brought, you've, that, that ego that you have has brought you to all low places. But Yitzchak laughs and Yitzchak says, that same ego, that means you're Rosh Hashanah dick. It means that you could stand in Malchus, you could stand as a soldier of the Rabbanish Lailam. When you were a soldier in this world fighting this, this world's enemies, you have to be a clean Sadiq. But if you want to be a soldier with the Rabbanish Lailam facing the Sitrach of the Sudden himself by, by Yom Narayim, and you want to evoke the Yudim Yisrachimim, then you want to have someone that's experienced the alternative. That's, that's, the, that's the essence of the Yom Narayim. That's what we are. You have, to, you have to be a coarse beard here in order to experience the Yudim Yisrachimim, to evoke the Yeshus of the Rabbi Nishlam. Let me tell you a quick story. I'm not exactly sure if this story has really much Shaykhis, but uh, I don't know, I was thinking about it over Shabbos and I couldn't get it out of my head, so I figured maybe it's Kedai. I'll say There's a Maisavid, it's a quick Mais, it's already late. There's a, there was a, a Yid that once came to the Baal Shem, called on Rabbi Yaakov, I don't know. Rabbi Yaakov. So this Rabbi Yaakov comes to Baal Shem Tev and he's crying. He's, he says, you know, Rabbi, I've been successful in my life with business. I have a, you know, a big business and everything. But lately, for the past few weeks, months, every move I make has been downhill. And I, I, I see the writing on the wall. If it goes according to the trend that's been following the past, you know, the past little tkufa, I'm going to lose everything. And I, I'm trying this way, that, to sort of just stop the moment. I, every decision I make ends up being wrong. In all these years until now, every decision I made was right, and everything is wrong, it's, it's falling apart. So I need an etzid, a bracha. So Balshantev looks at him. Balshantev with his like, sense of smell says, well, like, the, the problem is something in your pocket. So what's in my pocket? So he takes out. A schmack uh, topic, a box of, uh, you know, smell, snuff. So uh, he takes it out and he shows a bunch of, oh, that, that's it. So what we've been So something. A few months ago, did you, did you, were, were you standing by, after, after davening on a random, you know, Monday morning, were you giving out uh, the snuff to some of the chavr in the shul? So he's like, yeah, I do that, I do that uh, very often. So he says, but think back, think back a few months ago. Is there anything that happened when you gave out the snuff? <coughs> so then there's all of a sudden, like, like, like a lightning bolt, it just comes back to him. A particular mice, he says, Yeah, I remember one time, a few months ago, before everything started going off, he said, I was giving out the snuff, and there was uh, a guest in the shul. A guy didn't look, you know, not a gvir, let's put it that way, you know. And he also, he saw I was giving out, so he came also to take, and I, I wasn't interested. I was, you know, I was with the cool crowd, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't interested, so I, I closed it before he came. So Balshanta said, you mamish, at that moment, that guy was in such a low place, he was so depressed at the time. And you closing the snuff box and just, just you mamish, put a, put a dagger in his heart. 
So Hashem said, because of that, it's been nigzer min Hashemayim that all your wealth is going to go to him. Something I can do. So he says, something. What's the tikkun? What do you do? So Hashem said, the only eights I could think of is if you could somehow find this guy and you could ask him for some snuff from his, you know, shmektavik box, and he refuses, then the pranas will go back. Okay? So that's what he thought. But now he has, you know, he's smart about this. So he has to, he finds out who this guy is, you know, and he realizes that he's being Matzliach more and more. But he, want, he wants to find, find like the worst opportunity to ask him, you know, for, for some stuff. Because on a regular day, he might give it. So he wants to like get him at the worst time. So what does he do? So he hears that in a couple weeks from now, maybe a month or so, this guy's making a hasana for his daughter. And now at that point, so he figures like that's when he's going to try to do it. So he... He goes to, by that point, he's mamish like, he has nothing left. Mamish, he's living in his car, you know, mamish, nothing left. And he goes to the chasana, uninvited, he just, you know, makes his way there. And mamish, as the father is walking down the aisle, you know, mamish walking down the aisle, the guy jumps in the middle and says, can I have some snuff? So he's hoping that what's going to happen, he's going to, you know, get him out of here, whatever, someone's going to come to get him out. And the guy said, it's fine. Takes it out. And the guy's like, oh gosh. <laughs> Collapses on the floor. It's like, so they wake him up, like, what happened? So, the, so he says to this new Gavir, right? He says to him, let me tell you what happened. He, get, he chazes the whole Misa. And he says, I was Mahamish hoping that I caught you at such a bad time that you would be like me and say no. But you're uh, obviously a, a better person than I was. So he said yes, and that's all for fun. So he says to him, so let me tell you something. You're telling me that all of my Hatzlacha is coming from you? So he said, yeah. That's what Balshanta said. Balshanta said that. He said, in that case, and it's only right that I support you because ultimately it's coming from you. So he gave him a job, bought him a house, took care of him for the rest of his life. It's only right. You see, that same, that same source of all of our failures, the same Yeshus, the same guy, the same Yetzirah that makes us Kedalim Akarash and makes us so impoverished and so poor and so nothing in our Avadis Hashem. Adarab, Adarab of Adarab, that's exactly, that's exactly what's going to allow us to stand before the gates of the Rabbi Hashem, Kedal Mokarashim, And the Nisham is going to look at the guf when Mashiach comes. And the Nisham is going to look at the guf and say, You're, You were the source of all my problems. Adarab, you were the source of all my strength. But because of you, because of you, Guf, because of you stubborn, yeshus dick person that you were refusing to even sh- give me a little bit of a piece of snuff, you are the source of my strength. That's what's going to give me the strength to stand before the king of all kings and to say, Eilech. That's the avoid of Rosh Hashanah. Don't hold back. Don't be embarrassed. Don't feel that you don't deserve to be here. Every single... If you, if you have any experience in your life that you think you don't deserve, that's exactly why you deserve to be here. That's the avoid of Rosh Hashanah. With Simcha and Ischazkas. We should be that generation that's able to stand strong and mighty and arm, locked arm in arm to stand before all the enemies of the Jewish people, for enemies of, in this world and the, and the higher world and to say, we're not afraid of you. You know why? Because we are able, the only creature on earth that we're able to say Shema Yisrael and we know what the alternative is. And despite we, our experience in the alternative, we can say Hashem Rokeinu Hashem Echad. Ein Oid Movadu. Hashem should help us. We should be zaychet to have an unbelievably holy and blessed year.
Begashnis Beruchnis, Beruchnis Begashnis, with Shefer Brochen Hatzlocha, told of us all of our Mishpachas, all Klayisos should be a year of Geula, of Yeshua, of Nechama, of Parnasa Beravach, of Siat Deshmaya, Avodis Hashem. Should be to become Emes, Emes Mavakshi Hashem. And only to be Mavakish Hashem means that you've experienced at some point of your life being Mavakish something else. If you've ever experienced a Bikush in something else, now you could be a Mavakish Hashem. Shem should bless us with that. Shem should all of us to have a Ksiv, the Chesim Atoiv, a good Geben Shior on all levels. The Vias called Tzedek Meher Vimeinu Amen.